The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Due to the ongoing pandemic and to follow social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was pre-recorded over Skype. Hello, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I'm hosting tonight, and I'm joined by John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. Hi. Hey there. And uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, civil unrest and the coronavirus and uh, uh, other positive, happy things. Uh, and okay. And... And we'd love to get some reader feedback on such uh, searing and difficult questions as puppies, cute or cutest. So uh, if you have any thoughts on that, you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. Email is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio is our community there. And at civilpoliticsfm is how you can tweet at us on the Twitter, if that's what you want to do. And we do also have our own website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com. And that has links to previous episodes of the show, some supplemental stuff we've done, uh, and all kinds of good things like that. Uh, So yeah, so hey guys, uh, I hope uh, you're continuing to be COVID free. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) Trying. Yeah. Far as I can tell, I am too. Yeah. So trying, like, even though, like, a lot of the American people just want me to get it, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Sue, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we decided that you were the the team cult leader. Have you uh, been able to get to your followers to, like, have you considered just making a mask a mandatory part of the religious garb, you know? I know, but there's so few followers. I don't know that it would be effective, but I am working on a cure, some sort of a religious revelation that um, will just cure this virus and we'll be we'll be back to the way we used to be uh, i don't fan- know i just that'd be fantastic <laughs> I'm, I'm well, and the way yeah. you, you can tell people are not followers because they don't have a mask on so you can do all the right mask and- all right I've, <laughs> I, I guess i've joined the cult but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> but you know i've really i've really um been realizing it's been five months i mean no wonder everybody's just you know they're financially strapped um, they're sick of their, you know, whatever room they're sitting in. I'm wearing a mask at home and at work because I work in a, a healthcare facility and at home because I have a housemate right now that came from California and went to New York and then arrived here in um, Western Mass. And, you know, I've been really careful washing all the doorknobs all the time. I mean, it's endless. And, you know, I'm kind of sick of it. It's five months. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm cooked. And, but I'll keep it up. I will keep it up. But, you know, this is really hard to do, and it's it's really disruptive to, you know, a lot of the things that you enjoy doing. Although I am meeting all my neighbors when I go out for a walk. Everybody's out <laughs> with their masks on yeah. and their dogs. And that's actually, it's like the blizzard of 78. It was wonderful. You get to know where everybody lived and what they were doing. And But, yeah, it's, it's very hard, five months. And it looks like we're going to go right through next winter, right? I think from everybody's prediction. Probably. Probably. Though so I got to say, the blizzard of 78 
like the snow fort my brother and I were able to build up beside the driveway was epic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, these snow forts we've got now suck. I mean, nothing. Yeah. They might as well not be there. I'm starting to hear when when I was a boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'm 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 a middle-aged man getting older, so that's hardly surprising. When I yeah, was but... young. <laughs> oh, no, you can't do a better old man impression than me there, Sonny Jim. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that like I completely understand people just being done it's hard just being at home it's hard just looking like watching there's no tv there's absolutely no tv right now and it's going to be really hard in the in the fall when we expect like the fall tv season that's something i am actually worried about there's there's nothing on tv right now it's all reruns and everything it's crazy and the but the thing that really gets me is that like like you said people are done but you are continuing to do things to keep yourself healthy some people are just done and they're like well this sucked and i'm just gonna not do it anymore it's and i'm gonna go to the bar you know it's just and the and the thing that really i mean personally the thing that personally gets me is and by the way uh both sue and mike gave me gave me permission to be angry on the on the on the air so blame them but the thing that really gets me is, i was afraid to say no just yeah, so damn sure <laughs> um the thing that really gets me is that there are people that have to do that anyway i have not been able to i this has been my life for the past seven years suck it up <laughs> just you only have to do this for maybe a year and you still can go out and you still can do things. You just have to wear a friggin' mask. That's all you need to do. It's That's simple. all you it's need to do. Really simple. Like I can't, even if I wear a mask, I can't go out. There are hundreds and thousands of people, millions of people that, that just cannot leave their homes because of some health thing or another and and people can't handle it for like two months before they go out with automatic weapons and say we want to go to we want to get a haircut it's just uh it it's maddening it's maddening this is why why people think we're kind of ugly americans sometimes because we we do behave as if, you know, the world is our oyster and we just take what we want. But this is, you know, this is, this is going on for an awfully long time. And it's, I don't know, Mike, did you say something about if 95% of the people wore masks? Was that you who was saying that? I forget who was saying something about that. Yes, there was a, a, an article uh, NPR uh, posted today, uh, which the, 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 I guess the, 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 the kernel of uh, the, I don't know, the bullet headline, whatever you want to call it, is just, yeah, if uh, uh, wearing masks can reduce the transmission rate by about 30%. And so 
because the disease, you know, because of the way that the disease transmits, cutting it by 30% means that it winds up going into decline because. Oh, it's, yeah, it, yeah, because the numbers are decreasing. Right. And if 95% of us are wearing masks when we go out, then that's cutting the spread enough to uh, allow us to reopen uh, after a little bit. And, you know, uh, it's, I, I hear what you're saying, John, and, and yeah, it's really bad that we're stuck this way. And there are plenty of people who uh, don't really have a choice. They have to go out because they can't afford not to. Yeah. Because, you know, the government isn't s- supporting people. And, uh, oh yeah, that's something that's happening. The, like the $600 bonus that the federal government has supplied to, the states to for unemployment. Yeah. yeah. For unemployment. By, by the way, 1.4 million people applied for unemployment this week. So. Yeah. Oh, and people- I just, I just, I just want to add also, uh, we, we so do not have this, have this whole thing under control. Uh, uh, we've added a million new cases of coronavirus. That's positive tests, not just like estimated, like actual tests done, this person has coronavirus. Uh, we've added a million in just the past two weeks. Yeah, so it's like we went from three million, at this point. We went from 3 million to 4 million in 15 days, according to NPR. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, so please continue, John. Well, the thing, one of the big things is that the unemployment benefit that the federal government is funding, uh, the relief package, is ending. Uh, it's it's ending now, and the uh, and Treasury and Steve Mnuchin just were just saying that they don't want to pay people more than they were earning, so <clears throat> they don't want to pay people more than they're earning. So they're going to reduce it and they're going to make sure that people get paid 70% of what they were earning. I got to say, as someone who, you know, as I've mentioned on the show, like comes from a bit of money, you know, dad was an investment banker and provided for mom and me, which is great as, you know, mom's, uh, you know, an invalid. But, uh, you know, like I don't have to go out and get a job right now in order to be able to pay the bills. And just the idea of like some guy who's got a thousand times more money than, than mom and I do. And he's going on about how like, well, you know, people have to, should only get the money they earn. It's like that, I mean, just the (laughs) utter blind, tone deaf, hypocritical. Right. uh, I, you know, now I'm angry. What is earned? Right. Earned. Do you Bingo. mean like just yes. being like just exactly. living off of the the interest of your billions of dollars? Is that is that something you earned? Is that I mean maybe he means the money you get paid because like you own land, so poor people <clears throat> who want to live on that land have to pay you a fee just to live there for you know nothing for your permission. Basically. There are people that have worked incredibly hard to have the amount of money that they have there are i'm and i'm the leftists please don't hang me wow that's a bad thing to say leftists please don't tar and feather me but uh there are there are people there are millionaires that have worked incredibly hard to build something that generates money but at some point your business is generating money you are not you are not earning that you're not working 
for that business anymore. You were reaping the benefits of other people working. And un- up until a point, you know what? I'm good with that because we live in a capitalist system and that's how it works. I'm but a genre. At, but, at so, ah, but at some point, <laughs> you have to say you are just earning money. You are reaping the benefit of other people's work and you are earning money because, because we live in a capitalist system, your job is to extract uh, as much profit from a business as possible. That means paying people as little as possible or in making the product as good as you can, but for the cheapest amount of money. There are a lot of things that people have to do to make money, especially in some businesses. So at some point, you have enough money. Give me the rest. <laughs> at some point, if you have $50 million, if you're making $50 million a year, that should be okay. I'll even go to $100 million. If you're making $100 million a year, give me the rest. Just give me the rest. Like, like spread it out. Let's put it into infrastructure. Let's put it into schools. Let's put it into like, there are so many things that we can do. Solving homelessness, $20 billion. That's it. That's what it would cost? Yes. All right. Uh, sure. That sounds right. And we just ran right. up, yes. was it another, tr- another trillion in debt? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's not even like, it, like to, like we would just need to build simple homes for people or just better shelters for people where they could just live and then they'd have an address and then they'd be able to get work. It's wild. The, the 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 reduction in the uh the six hundred dollars people have been make have been getting for unemployment some of them have been making more money than they were before and guess what it's been amazing for a lot of people it's saved them in some cases they're able to pay their bills they're able to buy food they're able to live better lives because they're they have this extra money coming in. Let's keep that going. How it's about everybody 30, gets $500 a month every month? Not even like 1000 $500 every month. Just. Just for breathing, right? Just for yeah. being a even, citizen. Well, even 600 a week is only 30000 a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, notice that's, that's 600 a week on top of the unemployment benefits they were already getting. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. That's absolutely a good idea. And, you know, I mean... I've got a I've got a, a new small business we've opened a, a you know a, a game cafe, and we are absolutely struggling right now. And oh, I bet we, yeah. And and you know we may well not make it. And one thing that would certainly help is if people had enough extra cash that they could afford to be like, yeah, you know what, we like this new business that Mike's open, so yeah, let's go get let's go get a burger there. You know, like oh, we'll get a carryout, whatever. You know, but like that would be huge. But people, you know, the, there are a lot of people out there. We have, a, I think we have a fair amount of goodwill, but getting 
people to to spend money when on carry out supper when cash is tight you know and they can you know make a bologna sandwich at home you know that's well they don't don't know what the future's going to bring i mean a lot of people are tapped out but a lot of other people are like yeah. i'm going to be really careful because i don't know how long this yeah. is going on right and exactly. i don't know how to pay the- rent yeah you know? exactly you know how many and, people yeah. like there there have been I mean, hundreds kudos, of cases uh, going into uh into court like you can't during this pandemic like at least for another month or so nobody I can think get just evicted. extended it didn't Maybe he just extend it, it again you can't get evicted yeah. however that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they can't start the process of eviction and when yeah. and they've started the process it has gotten to the to the court which it stops because the court will not accept any eviction proceedings but when that opens up all of those are backlogged they're going to go through all of them and then people are going to lose their homes because the government said there's a pandemic we don't want you to die please stay at home it's so yeah so here's i mean yes i i always bang on about ubi rent forgiveness needs to happen mortgage forgiveness needs to happen because people paying like let's say a thousand dollars a month for their rent and they haven't worked and they're and they couldn't get uninsurance because of the like they got furloughed or they uh had to quit or something like that that means after three months they have to come up with three thousand dollars where is that coming from i heard one um just the other day a friend's um uh, family they teach and they're being told that they need to come back in another you know sometime in august and you know they're very worried about their health you know at schools oh, these are the schools and the charter schools and the public schools and you know what do you do with that do you leave your profession if you decide that it, they're not taking enough care can i just you know it's can i just say okay so Things have changed since I was a little boy in elementary school back in the 1970s, I know, and and that's fine. But um, my understanding is that uh, a lot of schools uh, forbid parents to send their kids to school with peanut butter sandwiches because peanut allergies have become a thing. And just having peanuts in the school, somebody with peanut butter sandwich in the school can be dangerous to some of their classmates. Some, okay. schools, some schools do that, yes. Not all right. schools, but some sure. schools. Right, but it's still, like, it is a, a thing people are concerned about. So mm-hmm. if a peanut butter sandwich is deemed too dangerous in some instances uh, to come bring to school, how the heck do we justify, like, yeah, you know, we can just open and this, this, you know, contagious and, and horrible disease. Sure, it's fine, yeah. We don't know what it'll really do to people in the long term if they get it, but meh, you know. More what? and more children are getting diagnosed with this. They, it is deadly for everyone. Just because there weren't a lot of kids diagnosed with, with it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. And uh, like a overwhelmingly percentage of teachers are over 50. So you may see a rash of retirements. They they look at the oh, yeah. math. You know, they have the MTA, so they have a pension. The teacher's pension isn't bad. They they probably short it, you know, because they go early. 
but I, I'm wondering what's going to happen to the, you know, the teaching professionals. If, if a lot of these schools insist on opening or, or try to open because they're in financial distress too. I mean, that's part of the problem. That's why they want to reopen. Plus the kids, they want to socialize the kids. I will say this, like there are people that can't handle teaching. Like some kids need teachers. There are, there are educational requirements that some parents just can't handle. A lot of parents are struggling trying to handle exactly um, but a the, curriculum and their job and take, yeah i have a boss who who's teaching her kids uh, she's taking time off in the afternoon some days and you know she's splitting it with her husband yeah and he must be taking time off from his job you know like there's there are ways to, able to make to... schools safe if you if they had the money that comes down to the money if the if the if the uh department of education if DeVos, if Secretary DeVos could get her head out of her butt, I said it, and say, okay, we need to educate our kids. Some kids are in public school, even though for some reason I don't like public school, and I'm the Secretary of Education, I'll put that aside. But if we give them enough money, then they can expand their uh, classrooms, they can make sure that the kids are social distancing, they can uh, have cleaning throughout the like throughout the school year, like cleaning every night because kids need school. They yeah. need to like some kids. That's where they get breakfast, and that's where they can meet other children. Like children need to be around other children, like to to be to understand how people work. So, and expecting parents to to provide you know to take care of their kids. While also expecting them to like, uh, pro, you know, to actually do useful work. I mean, you know, like taking care of kids is a full-time job. Teaching oh, totally. kids is a full-time job. So, you know, it's like, okay, if you really want to like send the kids home and keep the schools closed, okay, fine. But you, what we really have to provide the resources that the parents need in order to do that. And we are just not doing that. We you know, have the resources. So, well, we so in, in theory we have the resources, but we're not actually uh, uh, de- deploying them to help people, and that you know is part of the uh, explicit agenda of people like Betsy DeVos. I mean, she opposes public schools because it you know empowers the the, the working masses, and that's uh, not something a billionaire seems to want, or at least that billionaire. And uh, so, yeah. in your in your world, because you know I'm the Republican. So in your worlds, would you take, you know, every, every child gets a certain amount of money for their school, you know, in this state, whatever it is, I don't know what it is these days. It used to be about $7,000 a year, but it's probably more like 12 or 13. Would you redirect that to the parents? In other words, if the parents are trying to teach them at home, they should get the money from the public school. Uh, I would crickets. I hear crickets. Well, it's because you asked a you asked a complex question, Sue. <laughs> there's not like an immediate answer. There would I think that um, I think that funds should be directed at school systems so they can figure out what they they need to do. So they can figure out how to educate kids. There needs to be funds directed so uh, there is. Wi-Fi, like Wi-Fi stations in neighborhoods that don't have yep. 
uh, broadband so there can be distance learning. There could be, there are, there are people that are, have been saying, you know, you could have X number of days, these classrooms are full, and then Y number of days, this, like, during the week, like, go back and forth, and then the rest of the time, like, the other kids are distance learning. You could do that. You can provide Chromebooks to kids. They're not that expensive. You can provide yep. those to kids and have Wi-Fi, like Wi-Fi stations that are not expensive to be in different neighborhoods so they can, they can distance learn. And that will free the parents to do like whatever. And that's, you know, because teachers need to be safe, but they, we still need the kids educated. Like when, when the president says, I want schools open, I don't necessarily disagree but we need to open the schools safely. So, the you know, plan. people don't die. People are dying. It's a, it's a death rate of at least 3%. And if you, if you compare it to the flu, the flu has a death rate of 0.2%. So 10 times. <laughs> And that's not yep. even counting the people that have had their lungs shredded when they recover. Yeah. Like people yeah, have neurological, you were saying before mortality. the show. Yeah. Neurological More problems, mortality. breathing problems, mortality isn't the only number that we have to consider. It's just vascular problems and, and brain. They're, they're showing yeah. now that some people it affects, it's affecting their nervous system. And again, I, I, I do want to blame Mike and Sue because I have been going off because I am angry about this and they gave me permission to be angry on the air. <laughs> them. Civil politics radio at valleyfreeradio.org at civil politics FM on Twitter, send your complaints. And if you want to fight with me, then go right ahead. I am up for debate. So. <laughs> or you could commiserate with us. <clears throat> um, yeah. DMs are open. Um, at me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. just, I'm just so I'm just so frustrated. That re that so reminds me. Uh, what what we're we're going to go to our mid show break uh, uh, shortly. But uh, when we come back, we should talk about uh, uh, people discussing, you know, civility and politics uh, with our latest example of uh, uh, AOC and um, uh, what is a congressman Yo Yo Yoho Yoho Okay. Um, can you say misogyny? I can. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I can. Oh, yes. Misogyny. And when we come, before we come back, we're going to play a, uh, a sound clip of um, Representative Ocasio-Cortez uh, on the House floor uh, responding to Rep. uh quote-unquote apology uh, about how he acted. Um, and so we'll discuss that after. So uh, this is Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. We're going to play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs now, uh, following uh, 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 Representative Ocasio-Cortez's uh, short speech on the floor of the House of Representatives. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres. 
and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical courses off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's Subculture Music Program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. Science is real, from the Big Bang to TNA. Join me for Evidence-Based Radio, Friday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. to learn more about science and skepticism. You can email questions or topic requests to evidencebasedradio at gmail.com. That's Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio. What I do have issue with is using women, our wives, and daughters as shields and excuses for poor behavior. Mr. Yoho mentioned that he has a wife and two daughters. I am two years younger than Mr. Yoho's youngest daughter. I am someone's daughter too. My father, thankfully, is not alive to see how Mr. Yoho treated his daughter. My mother got to see Mr. Yoho's disrespect on the floor of this house towards me on television. And I am here because I have to show my parents that I am their daughter and that they did not raise me to accept abuse from men. Now, what I am here to say is that this harm that Mr. Yoho levied, it tried to levy against me, was not just an incident directed at me. But when you do that to any woman, what Mr. Yoho did was give permission to other men to do that to his daughters. He gave, in using that language in front of the press, he gave permission to use that language against his wife, his daughters, women in his community. And I am here to stand up to say that is not acceptable. I do not care what your views are. It does not matter how much I disagree or how much it incenses me or how much I feel that people are dehumanizing others. I will not do that myself. I will not allow people to change and create hatred in our hearts. Having a daughter does not make a man decent. 
Having a wife does not make a decent man. Treating people with dignity and respect makes a decent man. And we're back with civil politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still talking with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake, and we're still talking about, uh, well, uh, trying to get along with each other in this time of stress and crisis. And, uh, uh, well, so uh, we were just, uh, during the break, we played uh, uh, some of uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's uh, uh, response to the uh, I don't think I could really call it an apology. Uh, the uh, attempt to not apologize but pretend he was apologizing by uh, Congressman Yoho uh, following his uh, uh, insulting language to, to AOC the other day. Um, yeah, so uh, what do you guys... Sorry, I, I, I'm, I don't have a clever button to put on that. So. <laughs> Yeah. Misogyny. I think it's filed under the category misogyny. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty offensive. Um, yeah. I think he said it to to her on the steps of. Right there were reporters there, so there's plenty of witnesses that he that he. Uh, he um, basically what happened was uh, she was uh, coming up the steps to go uh, have a vote. Um, she was going up the steps of the um, Capitol building to vote. He was he just voted and was coming down the steps and and he called it and he confronted her because uh, she has been saying that the rising crime in New York is because of poverty and because of hunger basically the and she was talking about petty crime she was talking about um, robberies and uh, looting and things like that. It's because people are hungry, people are angry, people are tired, and they, and they need, you know, stuff to live. And uh, so basically poverty, and the poverty is increasing because of the pandemic. Um, and he, and, and she was saying that police are, more policing is not the solution. He said that was disgusting and horrible and and just went after went in went in on that with her and she was like okay and then when when they were walking away he called her uh an f and b we'll say because we're on you know the the radio but it was disgusting he was just it was disgusting language he's a representative of the in the united states congress of the how he's a representative in the house of representatives it's comedy is gone apparently and comedy we've referred to this before it's c-o-m-i-t-y it means to have respect for someone and uh, treat them equally, even if you disagree with them. That's why when you're listening on C-SPAN or something, they say my my friend from X state or my colleague from Nevada mm-hmm. or something like that. That is comedy. It is it is it is trying to avoid being like an ass. Personal so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I, I, I just want to I just want to jump in for a sec, just because yeah, like there's a certain amount of oh comedy. That's uh. You know, that's just the, the 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 pretense. You know, you may hate each other's you hate each other's guts, but you pretend you don't. It's like, 
yeah, it can just boil down to that. doesn't have to. But that's not necessarily bad. I mean, you know, hypocrisy and never saying what you mean, that's bad. But like, you know, following forms of politeness so that we can get along and coexist in this complicated world and, you know, try and at least, uh, you know, get the basics done. It's like, maybe we hate each other, but for God's sakes, we want to at least, uh, uh, you know, uh, make sure that the garbage is collected and the roads are paved. So, I mean, we've got to get along to some extent. And, well, you know, comedy is a little thing that, that matters. So, anyway, thank yeah. you. Well, I was going to say Robert's rules and some of the other rules around those kinds of organizations, you know, they, they like in Britain, don't they say my right and honorable friend from uh, wherever it is when they're mm -hmm. doing the questions and answers. But in this country, they'll, you'll hear them redirect people to the chair. They say, don't address your question to the member, address it to the chair, to the whole Senate or the whole Congress. And part of that is so that people don't get in a back and forth. You know, it's like a, it's a formal rule that helps keep you um, not neutral, but it helps keep you from going after each other personally. And it's just interesting yeah. that, I mean, that's pretty broken down. I mean, he's pretty out of control, having said that. A lot of them yeah. I mean, the, the thing is that even like Mike was saying, it might be like people might say it's pretense. It's uh, it's it, maybe some people think it's hypocrisy for some reason, but the point of oh. the, the point, yeah, it's supposed to be a formal discussion. It's not just talking. You are colleagues and you are trying to work for the betterment of the country. And if you don't have comedy in, in Congress, and I'm not saying like, you know, when uh, um, Representative uh, Tlaib uh, was at her fundraiser or something and she, and she was like, we're going we're gonna to impeach them, MF, or, you know, like that's not at work. <laughs> You're not at work there. But yeah. the point is that you don't want to get into ad hominem attacks. You don't want to get into like fights because you want to get to the business of Congress, you don't want to waste time. So you say you address the chair, you don't attack the other, uh, your colleague, un unless it is egregious, in which case I'm okay with it. But you're supposed to be talking about of sanction. Yeah, if it's really good. egregious, there's a there's a procedure for that. You know that you you know file a whatever that is, and then Congress or the body votes whether to sanction you or censure you or yeah there's all these formalities and part of it so we can all get along i mean that's that's why they do it um mike didn't you tell us a long story a while ago about sort of the way the tribes worked it out before there were um a process i forget what area of the world you were talking about and whether it was like you know 1100 bc or but that whole process of well if he murders your brother then we do this and they get ostracized and you know, if that oh, I was, um, I was referring to, uh, yeah, we were talking about uh, law and order, and I was talking about uh, uh, the good old days. This was in the context of, you know, should we abolish the police? Should we defund the police? Uh, and, and, you know, like, we don't want to get rid of, you know, our, civ our civil peacekeeping, our civil peacekeepers, and, and uh, uh, get rid of all professional, like, law enforcement and crime investigation and whatnot. Uh, because 
you know, in the good old days, say, you know, 1200 years ago or whatever, uh, you know, in the, the time of the, you know, the Norse sagas or whatever, uh, you know, if, if, if somebody killed my brother, uh, it was basically up to me to get revenge for it. And, um, the, uh, you know, like, like there was there were no professionals to call to investigate the crime. Uh, uh, there was no sort of penal code or penal system to deal with it. it it's like, well, I go to the all thing, to the assembly, and I pl- bring a legal case. And if I follow the forms of the law correctly, I can have the person who did it declared an outlaw. And then it's okay to kill them. And, you know, unless they... And can, all those bills matter. <laughs> right. Unless they can buy, the, buy my family off with a wear guilt, which, you know, we're supposed to accept, but, you know, if we're really upset about it, we won't. You know, so it's like, eh. so that, that, that's, that's the way things used to be. And, uh, yeah, or at least in, you know, the parts of the world where my ancestors come from. <laughs> but those you are know. like there's, rules there's, of, rules, rules of engagement. And, uh, we're breaking a lot of them right now. Like that thing that happened in, um, Portland, the mayor of Portland. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my and, God. I'm sorry. What happened it, to the mayor of Portland? Is this today? Um, Last night. Uh, last night. Uh, I, I, I've I, been I, in a little hole today, so tell me what happened, please. I don't know. Do you want to do it, John, or you probably have a better grasp uh, of Sure. Um, so <clears throat> last night uh, there was a protest in Portland uh, because that's what's happening and good for them. And uh, the mayor of Portland tried to, like, wait. The, he waded into the crowd. The crowd was booing him. And saying, like, what are you doing? Because he won't uh, defund the police and he's been kind of wishy-washy. So he's, he actually went into the crowd and tried to, to speak in front of them. Uh, they were next to a, they were at a federal building. Uh, and because of the surge of unnamed and unlabeled uh, federal officers or federal whatever they are from uh, the Department of Homeland Security uh, again they weren't wearing any any apparent uh, insignia I think they had like a small patch someplace they they didn't have any name tags you didn't know who they were and they were coming and picking people up in unmarked vans that they like rented someplace and just speeding away these people are there to quote unquote protect federal property and they sprayed tear gas over the crowd, including the mayor of Portland, who yeah, was get him right in the trying face. to keep it keep things like calm. And th- it's they're out of control. They're like these and this is going to be there are going to be more troops that are going to be uh, deployed in different areas where the president thinks that it's that crime is out of control because the liberal mayors uh, and governors aren't keeping their cities un- under control. So he's sending troops in. And two points I'd like to make uh, just just quickly. One, we don't know that they're troops exactly. In theory, they're they're law enforcement 
troops would be the actual army or whatever. They're not the army. They're from Department of Homeland Security. They're some of them are from ICE. Some of them are federal marshals. The but they well, but, aren't. They aren't. Uh, they they don't wear no, any right. any. They're all wearing camo. Right, and that's so, my. That's the second thing I just want to jump in and point out. We don't. How do we actually know that they are U.S. law enforcement professionals? They could be we from don't. like whatever Blackwater, you know, uh, Betsy DeVos, the Secretary of Education. Her brother okay. is Eric Prince, the guy who founded and used to run Blackwater. Now they're called something else, but like he runs a mercenary uh, company, uh, and they've de- been deployed in the U.S. before. They were in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina, you know. So he's got a group of of soldiers, private soldiers that he has and will contract to do, uh, you know, quote unquote, keep the peace here in the United States. And he's done it around the world too. And they have, you know, uh, uh, his companies have uh, uh, a shocking body count. So I, these guys could all be uh, mercenaries. From law, yeah. Right, they could be mercenaries. They could well be, you know, actual employees of the US government. I don't know. But, they could be just random people, right? I mean, it costs. It would cost two hundred dollars to go on like Amazon or or army surplus places and get this these this equipment and clothing. You can just buy it, right? Exactly, exactly. And and when if they don't, if they are law enforcement professionals and they aren't identifying themselves as such, then. Uh, in theory, anyways, I believe people are justified in using deadly force to defend themselves. It's like, oh my God, some armed guy in a mask and a helmet with a gun has just tried to grab me and stuff me in a car. I don't know who this person is. You know, I, I mean, you know, we, yeah, we don't a, have we don't we don't have the equivalent of the IRA here in the U.S. now. Uh, but you know, like thirty years ago, when I was a university student in England. Uh, one of the things that came up, uh, I, you know, cause the IRA was active back in the early nineties. It's like, you know, uh, avoid going to certain areas, you know, like if you're going to go to Northern Ireland on, you know, on break during the, you know, while you're at university, like there are certain areas you shouldn't go and certain stuff you just shouldn't talk about, uh, because you could get snatched. And- Sue, I think you were trying to say something. Sorry. Uh, I've, I've been following along. Yeah, it's very interesting. They're they're talking about sending troops to Chicago, not troops, but um, the, whoever these folks are to Chicago too. And I think the mayor there has said um, that it's fine as long as they're coming to help pick up guns, but that they don't need no help with protesters. Thank you very much. And yeah, and and we'll see because that's I wouldn't say that to the federal government right now because they'll bait and switch. You know, it's just it's and it's horrifying to me as a law and order person that there's these rogue elements. And I mean, I can't see why they haven't been stopped at the airport. You know, why didn't Portland? Why didn't Oregon just say, I don't know who you guys are, but you can't carry a gun here. You know, who are you? But, yeah, it's a very I mean, it's it's it reminds me of the 60s. I feel like I'm living through it again where, you know, my friends got beaten up by rogue police all the time. They were, you know, rounded up and disappeared for a little while and would come back all bloody and, you know, a few broken bones. So it, it feels very familiar to me, but I can't believe that modern governments are putting up with it. You know, where's the state 
um, state police in Oregon. They're probably yeah. scared of them. Yeah, pro- or or they're complicit with it, or they're just or they're saying okay. With it. Also, you know? it's it's very difficult to tell uh, federal law enforcement officers who you know are. Uh, authorized to go anywhere in the country anyways because, you know, they're citizens and they're traveling in the U.S. But it's really hard for local authorities to to interfere with them, among other things, because of the supremacy clause, you know, like federal authority trumps state authority. So they'd have to be clearly acting outside their authority uh, and violating state law in order for the states to step up. And that's a, you know, a tricky confrontation to have. Yeah. So I understand why they they have to do it. And especially just, you know, oh, a bunch of uh, people from Border Patrol flew into the airport. Well, you know, why would they stop them at the airport? I mean, I understand why they'd stop them at the airport. But at the same time, it's like, how do you do that? How do you say, well, you can't come in here, you people in this federally operated facility? The top prosecutor in Philadelphia said that if if this happens in in his city, that he's going to start prosecuting people for kidnapping. See, there you go. Well, and you can <laughs> you could do it, but <laughs> I mean, you know, they're That's they're what not they're doing. Yeah, they're not they're not uh, they're not like reading rights. They're not telling people like what's wrong. They're not telling people why they're getting taken. They're just there's a video that I'll post. Um, that someone posted on Twitter. There's a video of just a guy, like a, a, an unmarked van rolls up, people in camo uh, get out. They say, you're coming with us. And people are like, who are you? Where are you taking him? And then they drive away in like a van. They got an enterprise or something. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's And it's even crazier that it's happening. And we're all like stunned and Trump came up with this, I assume, right. With his, his cabinet, they came up with this a way to, to make, you know, raise the stakes, even another, you know, either that or Chad Wolf, the acting secretary of DHS, which honestly, when I, every time I hear his name, I have to think like, no, his name's not a meme. That's actually his (laughs) name, Chad Wolf, but it it might've just been him and Trump probably just stamped approval and said yeah go for yep. it you know this yeah, is this escalated. is a way like sending sending law like federal law enforcement into cities to act basically with impunity is a way for for him to find like i bet he's been champing at the bit to go into chicago because chicago has always been a far-right example of a city that's out of control or something like yeah. that and they keep talking about it. it's always been like oh look at chicago look at chicago so now they have a chance to send in federal law enforcement stormtroopers storm storm yeah i don't care if that and listen listen stormtrooper is actually an accurate description because they're they're faceless they they're wearing body armor they're coming from from the overwhelming government and they only answer to the uh the head of dhs so <laughs> it's you know like them and the the regional the regional governors will keep, will keep the rebels in line too but if they don't then the stormtroopers come in so they so what? just throwing people like that 
into a city will quell might quell violence i guess but it will also suppress people's right to assemble and to protest because they'll be afraid i'm afraid and i live in western massachusetts they're not coming yeah. here well and they not are yet. indeed yeah they, they they are indeed intended to suppress uh people exercising their rights and it is dangerous. Uh, they, they are uh, escalating the violence because that's what they're there to do. Um, and again, you know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, they're, fa you know, fascists. You know, people have been saying that about people they don't like for a long time. But in this case, um, part of what makes fascism fascism is it glorifies violence and sees violence as not just uh, uh, necessary, but desirable. It's, it's, it's a good thing in and of itself. And politically, uh, exercising violence as a means of control is, is part of what they want to do. And if, yeah. you know, and, and if you look at like, you know, far right people, like the, the kind of people who uh, uh, want to join, uh, you know, fascist militias or the, the KKK or whatever, you know, they want to make jokes about like taking people for helicopter rides and stuff like that, which is a, a reference to ext extrajudicial murders by the Pinochet regime in Chile. And, you know, uh, uh, one of the way, another way that Pinochet uh, operated uh, and, and, you know, good old Adolf too, was to have like a paramilitary uh, group of thugs to go out and bust heads in the streets. And again, like, mm -hmm. like I was saying, these guys may well all be employees of DHS, but if they're unlabeled and not identifying themselves and not reading people their rights, and how do we know? How do we know they aren't uh, yeah. uh, private mercenaries being um, sent up? I we have to stop. I just want to say this whole half hour. I think it's it's emblematic of the issues that we have in the federal government. We have representatives that are accosting. Um, others uh, on on the steps of the Capitol. We have the uh, federal law enforcement just descending into cities. These are issues that are coming from leadership. These are issues that are coming from political sensibilities that are that are rampant in this country right now. And everybody listening to this has to has to do their part to try to quell that because it's it's getting dangerous and it's get, it's going to get deadly. That's my opinion anyway. So anyway. Take it home, Mike. <laughs> uh, could, I say, could I say something soon. about Kent State quick? So yeah. I remember Kent State, but those National Guardsmen were invited by the school because they were having trouble. Um, right now, I thought there was a law that the local enforcement had to request the troops or request the people. And so um, there's a bill that they just passed, the Defense Act, the new Defense Act, and they had a clause in there sort of restating that you, you can't go in unless the local official invites you, and they killed the amendment. They didn't allow it Excellent. on the bill. But So people have tried to like make it so that um, the local officials get control but i thought that was the law so it, I, you it, know this is sort it, of is it, it is but the, like like in theory these what's been happening in portland is these are supposed to be federal law enforcement people acting within their remit to either uh defend a, a federal property and exercise their authority you know in on in 
buildings and, and on territory controlled by the federal government. And also they're, they're authorized, like, you know, if they see somebody, you know, do a hit and run in a car, they're authorized to stop the person and arrest them right there just because, like, I saw the crime happen in front of me. So they're going far beyond that. They are acting ultra vires, as, as the lawyers would say. Um, and, and that's the problem. It, it, it's not that they, they can't go there at all and ever do anything. It's that they, there are strict limitations on where their jurisdiction is, and they're just ignoring that. Just ignoring it. So, like so many things the Trump administration is doing. So, time to wrap up. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so on tune that next week. week. Yes, tune in next week. Uh, uh, but thank you all for listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. We've got a great mix of music coming up next, uh, uh, starting with uh, Subculture, followed by Table of Contents, and then OK Asia, and other good shows going into the night. Uh, uh, we're going to have a podcast of the show uploaded to the various streaming services soon. We hope to have a rebroadcast of this show next Monday afternoon at 4. And we'll be back next week with more civility and politics. So thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.